0: Hello. I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle so thank you for tuning in folks and i am here today with the most amazing effervescent nikki v (laughs) one of the uk's most successful coaches and i have it on good authority a past tony robbins platinum partner but that's not all she's done so nikki welcome thank you
1: well thank you for asking me i'm very excited about sharing whatever you need me to share well
0: it's cool we might go to some surprising places but all of it in good taste i i know so one of the first things i wanted to start with because there's a bit of if you like synergy correlation whatever you want to call it is i know that you your son nick you ended up taking him out to his first tony robbins event at 12 years old now i I've been a single mum since my son was about eight months old, mm. so I'm guessing that there was some element of not having other parental care around, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because there's a big assumption on my part.
1: Um, well, it's it's a it's a correct assumption, but actually, I don't know whether it's helpful just to explain that a little bit. Is that I, you know, like you um, made a decision when Nick was, I think. Th- just before he was four, um, to part company, you know, part marriage, (laughs) however you want to put it, with his his dad. And that wasn't the easiest decision. And, of course, it wasn't the easiest relationship. And the complications, which I'm not going to go into, which I know any single mum or dad will understand, is that how do you manage the um, relationship with your child and their the parent you know so it wasn't a walk in the park it was a bit difficult and just to be really honest and truthful I sort of went well it's me now you know I'm mom and dad and so I need to do the best I can to bring him up in the way that you know I think is best and and I, you know the thing the first thing I did of course when we split up because we had a business together um, um, me and my husband and um, is I went and got a job and so and I am a bit of a um, I, I'm sitting here in my mid to late 60s still working like a loony because I love work okay and so I went and got myself a job and therefore I was away from Nick quite a lot you know and and I then myself found personal development and I remember being in Aspen, Colorado with Tony Robbins as a participant because of course as you as you said I went on to not only become part of his crew but his coaching team, I became a trainer for him and then Tony and I did Platinum Partners in the early 2000s so I've had a lot of experience, not of experience, a lot of Interaction with the Tony Robbins, you know, world, and of course, if it, if you ask me what it gave me and what it gave Nick, is you know, I yeah, I could be here all day telling you what I got from that. Told you I needed to, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and what I got myself was I got to understand that I could uh, two or three different things which may be useful for people if they're going through any kind of difficult time right now, is the first thing is that I had a choice of how to feel about things. Um, second thing, I had a choice as to what meaning I attached to things that happened that didn't feel great. And the third thing is, you know, as as Robins always says, you so so what are you going to do? you know, what, how, how, how are you going to handle this situation? So there I was, I've got a job, I've got this little boy and I'm learning about myself like crazy. And of course that assisted me in every part of my life because I learned about me and I realised that I was doing some behaviour, shall we say. And, you know, of course, just to be truthful you know then I looked back on my marriage and started going well perhaps it wasn't all him perhaps I made a, a, a you know contribution to that I looked at the way I was at work I looked at you know I looked at every relationship that I got and went well you know I am a I'm the common denominator let alone a huge part of it and so I remember being in Aspen Colorado at this um, uh, fantastic seminar with Tony Robbins and it's kind of going I need to bring Nick. I need to bring Nick into this learning and this environment. And funny enough, I'd taken him to a, like a little weekend, like an NLP weekend with David Shepard, who, who was a fantastic guy. <laughs> right. And um, so Nick had learned a little bit about, you know, like NLP, you know, uh, and like the way that we filter things, etc. But then took him, they decided to take him into the Robbins environment. And I think that it did a few things for him. Uh, but probably more for me in the way I realised I've got I'd got a twelve-year-old son who was super, super capable himself and didn't need me to protect him and try and keep away any experience of pain that I thought he was going to experience. So I started, and I, I always remember the one thing that I learned was that I kept trying to give him ideas and, and how everything could be great for him. And I learned about asking questions right back then. And of course, as you know, I've been coaching professionally for the last couple of decades you know and um, I suppose the, um, the the ability to ask people powerful questions um, for me is one of the gifts that I learned that has done caused me to be successful in my intimate relationship life which I made a bit of a pig's ear of early on and did it again got into another relationship that didn't work but over the years I learned how to you know recognize my how I could have a great relationship it was absolutely amazing for how it impacted me when I was in a job so came to 1999 when the company that I worked for nightclubs company as you probably remember me telling you um and by this time like um you know Nick's Um, you know coming up for forgetting how he can't work it out now Um, like 18 something like he's going off to uni and stuff but I was still um, spending all my um, spare time all my holidays everything doing Tony Robbins events um, and so was Nick and I think that one of the things it gave me to learn together you know, at different stages and in different roles, but to learn together really made us, caused us to be very close, and we still are, sort of, you know, like all these years later. Um, But I think that if anyone is thinking that any part of their life is not where they want it to be, that if they can find someone like yourself you know a mentor a coach someone who's going to ask them great questions who's going to help them get clear and that's what happened for me and I know that's what happened for Nick and and I just learned so much about myself and about human psychology that caused me then to go you know when I came out of corporate life because we got taken over and I went like this isn't where I want to be anymore it caused me then to go well what do I want to do with my life and, you know, the journey since then has been an amazing one. And it's all really based on that time where I put so much time into my own personal development. And and Nick, Nick got then different influences. I mean, massively different influences because he's traveling all over the world at a very young age and meeting people from every part of the world. And I feel like that was a good parenting decision just to come back to your question Um, I also have to you know have to say that my parents were absolutely fantastic Um, you know my dad's passed away now 11 years ago my mum's still going coming up for 95 wow and she lives with us and um, you know I think that as a family even though I was a single parent for a long long time um, as a family we've always um, you know stuck together Brilliant.
0: That is amazing. It's so funny because there is an awful lot of synergies that I hear in that. So, um, yeah, I think for me, my biggest was, you know, I had a great relationship with my son when he was little. I was never there, travelling the world. Mm. So through work, I missed lots of his first, absolute loads of them being a single mum. And it's the same for single dads out there. And there there are plenty of those as well. But the thing that it helped me is, Doing some of this stuff like personal development, like you, I went inside myself because I realised the answers aren't out there. You sometimes need help getting to the inside bits, but the answers were inside me. It was me. So when me and my son went through this weird phase of him basically just... Shutting his door he disa- mm-hmm. it disappeared for like three years effectively into his bedroom from thirteen to sixteen mm-hmm. but now we've got a great relationship and because of the things I learned that I could I could change my behaviors and my patterns which have helped him grow differently and we have a great relationship now but what I wanted to ask you because I know for me the things I learned being a single parent having to be mum and dad which you mentioned there's a lot of that in business because some of the things that sometimes get me a bit itchy is you know in business if you've got teams and staff you've got to be able to praise them but you've also got to tell them when they need to up their game and I find the stuff I learnt with my son as a single parent then going into business myself those lessons were brilliant for business so Did that come across to you? Did you use some of your learnings from that for what you did
1: afterwards? Massively, massively. And I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the way you learn to parent perhaps better, um, you know, uh, go from either, you know, not having great relationship with your your kids or... um, to having a great relationship but perhaps being overly protective which is probably where I was um, I think it is the same as as when you've got teams or when you've got um, a business because It doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're starting off as an entrepreneur and you're like what we used to call a one-man band and you've got perhaps a VA or whatever. You're still, you are still responsible for managing that person. And when I say the word managing, of course, that's, you know, my background in corporate was as a manager of people. You I started off as the area manager for the Midlands with eight little businesses to look after in... um, uh, 1987 <laughs> um, and um, and finished up as the uh, managing director and the hr director of a public company and so what i say that um, not to impress but to go um, i left school at 15. Um, you know, with a uh, went to drama school. As Nick always says, let them know that you're theatrically trained, because then that will forgive all your extrovert <laughs> behaviour. Um, but some, you know, I left school early, didn't get any qualifications, and they, because I was, my intention was to become an actress. And I did actually go to drama school and did quite a few um, uh, plays, uh, television. I did television adverts. And I had a speciality, typecasting. I normally played a tart. (laughs) Um, And uh, whether that was a Shakespearean wench or whether it was an up-to-date biker's mole, um, I I could bore you rigid with the parts that I got when I was at drama school. But actually, interestingly, and I don't think I've ever spoken about this on anything I've ever been interviewed, um my um i had a you know great upbringing and we had a very lovely life and then my dad lost everything when i was 17 and honestly i truthfully believe that if you can look back you know sorry to plug robbins but you know he goes if you can look back and see your worst day is your best day i don't think i would be sitting here today having had that fantastic experience of working my way up as a As I always say, 15, you know, left school at 15, bird from Birmingham, you know, to the top of a, you know, a a company that had businesses, you know, over Europe and stuff. Um, I don't think I could have done that if my dad hadn't lost everything. Because I would have been, you know, perhaps cocooned a little bit and looked after. And if I hadn't got an acting job, I'd have been looked after financially. And so what happened then is I just went and got a job. And I realised, interestingly, this is something I always like to say to people, is like, notice what works easily for you. Notice what you automatically are good at. And so my first job was working in a hairdressing salon. I actually used to cut people's hair without any training. This is hysterical. <laughs> this is like the, the years ago. And and Tony would laugh when I'd say when I worked as a on the cruise liners in the hairdressing sal- salon when I was 19, and I, was a, I got thrown off for being found in the uh, cabin of one of the offices. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got a bit of a check and pass. But... Um, I do honestly think, and I know, I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but I think that had I not had that realisation that it was down to me, right, and that happened for me again when I was 30 as a single mom, but it happened for me when I was 17, and I went like, I need to, I need to look after myself here now. Fast forward to now and teaching a lot of women about feminine energy and everything. I look back and I go like I was so masculine. I was going like, how am I going to earn money? Let me just get a job, this kind of thing. But as I progressed and as you say, as I went through more personal development, I realized that I look back and I thought I'm really good with people right and I worked in this hairdressing salon and they kept offering me different jobs and they kept saying but you're really great with the people and and then like you know I'd be really good at like adding and counting the money I've always liked money I like cash you know I was really good at counting the money because my dad was a bookie he was a bookmaker and he used to pay me to count the money at, at night I mean you know crazy stuff what we did when I was little um anyway long story short I realized I was really good with people and and so, um, then my husband and I had our own business. And then, as things transpired, I realised that if you decide what you want to do, you need to decide first. Forget getting deciding on what business is going to make you the most money. To forget deciding what you think is the now thing that's going to make you a million. All that. Decide what you not just like doing, but what you're great at automatically. You know that we've talked about personality styles a lot. Yeah. And, 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 and my personality style is a person that likes variety. My personality style is a person that likes interaction with people all the time kind of thing. And so I realized that when I'm in the zone, everything works well. So when I'm in a people orientated role, everything works great. And so my message is really notice, you know, look back at your life and go, you know, when was when when do I think was my worst day? How would that be my best day? And then like really go, what do I do? when I'm in the zone when everything's going really great? What what am I good at? What do I love doing? What makes me, you know, get up early, stay up late kind of thing? And and so what I did as I got older, because of my, you know, um, personal development as well, especially, although that was a long lot later on, I think that also my dad had that philosophy. My dad, you know, it was hard for him to lose everything. He was like then, I suppose, like 50 or something. But he kind of always kept his... his, his pecker up as they used to say he always kept his it and he always taught me look what just do whatever makes you happy and, and I think that's that's cost me a little bit because I've kind of gone yeah I don't want to do this anymore I'm off bye <laughs> you know and then I've gone oh shit I haven't got any money <laughs> you know but then I've gone if I do what I'm good at and that what I do when I'm in the zone what comes easily to me then the rewards will come and I think that, you know, if you're in a situation where, like, your job's not going well, or, you know, or your relationship's not going well, but or your, your relationship with your kids, but if you're going into a situation where you go, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Some people get to that point at 30, 40, 50, you know, they get to that point and they go, like, I've got the rest of my life, what am I going to do with it? You know, my first thing is just sit, take your time. Don't, don't rush into sort of the next perfect thing that, you know, everybody seems to be making their money at and go, what is it that I know that I'm really good at? What's my gift to the world? I could get very esoteric and wanted to, you know, what's my, what am I on the planet for? What, are, what gifts have I been given that I can use to assist other people and bring myself the income that I want? And, and that's been kind of my philosophy on life, really. And, and I've never I've always worked on letting go of things and not holding on for safety and I know that's hard for women because I am you know definitely been masculine in my time with my work and stuff but as I learn more about femininity and teach more about femininity I realize that sometimes we make decisions based on trying to get safe for the future and the future look after itself. If you just, if you give, if you if you if you go with what you love doing, if you uh, serve, if you take care, if you over deliver, if you do all the things that you do, you will be rewarded. You will be safe. Money will come to you. But of course, if you try and get safe for the future, and you start going, okay, well, I'll just play the safe game. You know, I'll stay in my comfort zone, and I'll just go, okay, well, I'm good at that, and I get paid that. Or, you know, if I'm in a job or if I'm, if I'm in my business, well, that, that's, a, that's, that's an easy sell. You know, I can sell that a cheap amount of money. You see, if you go for the value you bring to them, not what you think you're worth. A lot of people go, well, oh, I don't know whether I'm worth that. Forget that. You know, what's the value you bring to them with your gifts, right? Now you can have abundance, which I prefer to call it abundance than just wealth, because wealth is abundance it's it's about attracting towards you with your energy and with your gifts abundance and abundance doesn't have to be financial but obviously in this day and age it's very much you know abundance is money but it's also abundance of people and abundance of love and abundance of connection and variety and adventure and all those sorts of things and I'm a great one for affirming and encanting and I think so I don't know whether you wanted to um I don't know how we're doing for time oh yes we're doing good for we're time we're doing good Every for time, time. Um, I, I'm like I've used lots and lots of techniques in my life to have the success that I've wanted to have and when I say success I'd rather say abundance that I've had in my life I've been very blessed I've been very lucky. And I've had a lot of great experiences great opportunities but I've taken the opportunities I haven't taken them for the safety I've taken them because I want to do them I want to share I want to bring to the party whatever I can bring I'm not going to try and bring to the party what I can't bring I'm not going to try and be like somebody else because somebody else you know remember um you know, listening to Lisa Nichols. And when she was said she was asked to do Oprah Winfrey, you know, and, um, and and she said, well, I can't do Oprah Winfrey, but I'll do the show because I do a great Lisa Nichols. And I've used that since I heard that. I said, look, you know, I can do this for you. You know, I can't be that person, but I can do a great Mickey V. And I go, like, you know, you've got to have that some people called it confidence some people called it certainty you've got to love you I know it's an overused term you've got to you've got to you've got to be your greatest fan because if you're if the other what do they say you know you've got two voices haven't you if the other voice wins and tells you you're not good enough and tells you the you know, bottom of pit of everybody's shit is you know I'm not good enough therefore I'm not lovable right why would anybody want me why would anybody give me money why would anybody want to be around me and do you know what? I was talking to somebody yesterday and I, they, are, they started talking that language. You know, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve anything. And I went, hey, listen, um, I want to talk to you about truth. And I said, tell me the truth. I said, because I've been doing this a long time. You can say that when you're my old as old as I am. Um, I've been doing this a long time and I've met lots of people who say, they say they're not good enough. And I think out of 100 people that I've asked this question, When I said, let's go to truth, what is the truth? Are you really fundamentally flawed, not good enough, a useless pile of poo? Or actually, are you amazing? Are you incredible? makes me emotional. Are you amazing? Are you incredible? And 99% of the people go, I know I'm incredible, really. But we've... I don't want to blame anybody because I don't, don't don't do that, but society has kind of said that it's good to not be to feel good about yourself. It's it's good to be humble and kind of go, no, I'm I'm just like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. You're great at what you're great at. And so I remember one young lady who really did say, No, I do realise I am a complete you know, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm awful, I'm horrible, I'm, I'm useless, I'm that. And she'd had such a horrendous, horrendous time as a ch- child where literally she'd been, you know, recognised for being really aggressive and bad and, you know, acknowledged and appreciated for being aggressive and, and like, like, you know, beaten for being lovely one person in a hundred and I'm not exaggerating where I worked with her because she really has got some deeply rooted belief that she's shit right now the other 99 were just lying to themselves and it just brings me. I mean, as I was saying earlier, it brings me. You know, I affirm. I've got a great affirmation which I use in any moment. I'm a bit of a reactive affirmer. I'm not one of those. I mean, Tony V is amazing. He does them every morning, religiously, for half an hour in his meditation contemplation. I'm hopeless at that. I'm like I'm going through life. Then something happens, and I go, "Oh, I think I better affirm." So I can share my affirmation if you'd like me to do that. Quickly. Yeah, do. Um, and my affirmation, it comes from the, 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 the old book, The Game of Life, by Florence scoville Shinn, which was written in 1925, which I always remember because that was my dad's birth year, right? And she, if you read it, it's free on the internet, um, and the it's called The Game of Life, and she starts off by going, people think that life is a struggle when actually it's a game. And she talks about affirming, and it's the only affirmation or incantation I've ever come across where actually we ask for things to be let go of, to, to, to be let go of, instead of just going, you know, affirming the positive, affirming the positive. So mine is, and it's a bit spiritual, it's a bit out there, so forgive me for this, so mine is infinite spirit cast my burden, how old-fashioned is that saying? Cast my burden of rushing, pushing, and striving, because that's, that's me, right, and open my universal consciousness to a relaxed, healthy, happy life, allowing love, joy, fun, and abundance to flow easily and effortlessly into my world, as is my divine right.
0: That is so cool and what is so funny, we're, we're recording this um, down at Expert, Expert Empires Training center. and as you were talking about letting go, the sound that some of you might have heard was a plane taking off from the airport, oh. which I thought was so how the, yes. you know the universe letting works in go. magic ways. Just
1: let go and abundance will come into
0: your life. Yeah. and, and it's you know having the wisdom. To let go of the things that aren't serving you takes courage and guts. But at the end of the day, I've always found that wisdom comes from knowledge, experience, whichever way you want to call it, plus action. Yes. So until you act, you can't get any of that wisdom. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: I mean, this has been gold, does Nikki? And I'm going to have to get you on a future show because there's some wonderful things I found out about <laughs> sex and relationships when I was doing research oh, on I'd you. I'd love to do that. But we'll leave that for another session. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you some quick fire questions because, yeah. you know, the stuff we've chatted and conversed on, because this is what this is. It's a conversation, guys, not an interview. Yes. The stuff we've conversed on, there were loads of golden nuggets for those of you out there looking to build a business or discovering what you want to do because yeah. what you're doing now isn't serving you. So I've got a couple of quick fire questions.
1: Good. I'll
0: so, Yeah. Um, let's see. What's been your best investment...
1: Personal development.
0: And your worst?
1: Recruiting someone for their skill base without think and when I say recruiting, I mean even working with someone who you you know is a contractor or whatever. Recruiting somebody for their skill without taking into consideration whether they're a good fit culturally and um, personality.
0: Yeah, that's a bit like relationships as well, isn't it? We don't take enough time. We don't take enough time, no. It's so funny that. Um, if you could do one thing to change the world, what would it be?
1: Um, my husband, who has the huge purpose in life, and his he's got a charity, and movement, which is called um, the 10, 1010 Movement. And it's how can we assist people yeah. by, you know, leave a legacy of how we can assist people to live their lives at a 10 out of 10 in whatever area of the life they need that for or hold of their life. So if I could change the world, I'd just have more people be on it. It's completely free. It's called the 1010 movement. It's there. It's for, and it's our legacy. So,
0: yeah. Um that is beautiful we'll make sure that goes in the show notes so Thank people you. can find you and the one I always ask because our podcast is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle so sweat, grit or hustle which resonates most with you and why?
1: Um, I don't like the sweat word because I think we if we're sweating we're stressed I don't agree with the stress is a good thing it gets me going I think that's a load of poo um, grit to have the grit i'll use some other words to have certainty in self certainty in your mission your purpose your values all those sort of things grit i love and hustle um, um yeah grit's a better one hustle i like hustle i think it's a new word isn't it gary vee and all that kind of stuff it's like i think um to it ex- to to hustle something to find out whether it floats your boat is a good thing.
0: Brilliant. Nikki V, it has been absolutely amazing, and when I grow up, I want to be just like you.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me, as my mum would say.
0: Yeah, and Tell yeah. Them
1: thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and as my mum always said to me, just make sure you thank everybody that gives you something. So, yeah, thank Nikki, you. thank you well, in Spanish. You. You've
1: given me something because I've talked about. You know, lots of things I've never talked about, and thank you for that. It's lovely. Thank you, Tracy. Brilliant, amazing woman.
0: To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit, and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.